One of the things that I hear from insurance agents very often is, Charles, should I stay at my current agency or should I leave? Or I hear from other agents who are thinking about you know, maybe getting into the business and are thinking, what kind of agency should I look for? Today, I'm going to talk about not so much the kind of agency you might want to look for, although I might actually mention that a little bit. I'm really going to spend some time here in this episode focusing on what size agency is the best for building a $1 million or more book of business. What size agency is the best for building a $1 million or more book of business? Small agencies, medium size agency, large alphabet house, which one is the best? That's what we're going to talk about today. Here we go. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, And remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Charles Specht, and welcome to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. It is great to have you with us today. And as mentioned, I'm going to be talking about agencies different sizes of agencies, and what I typically see out there in regards to what might be considered, quote unquote, the best agency for writing a lot of accounts, bigger accounts, and being able to build a large book of business to a million dollars or more. So I'm going to talk about some of these issues, and we're going to get maybe kind of deep. I'm going to definitely get a bit controversial because, look, a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about might even be a little bit of just sort of personal opinion based on experience, based upon the type of clientele that I have been working with over the course of time. Uh, But there's not going to be a hard, fast answer to this question. There's a lot of different variables involved, but I'm going to talk to you first about my own personal experience. And based upon that experience, if I was to choose to be in an agency today, what kind of agency would I want to be in based upon where I could flourish and write the most amount of money and make the most amount of money? Okay. So I have worked in the past as a broker for um, a decent sized middle uh, middle size agency. Frankly, it's middle to larger agency. I have worked um, for a large alphabet house, which was one of the top agencies in the world in regards to size and volume. I have um, even worked with different agencies, um, both as employees as well as contract chief sales officer. I've worked at lots of small agencies. I've worked at medium-sized agencies and 
even recently, I was the chief sales officer for one of the 100 largest insurance agencies out there in the United States of America. So I know kind of what happens in all of these agencies, whether they are just small mom and pop shops, middle-sized agencies, to the large alphabet houses who really kind of look at you as a little bit more of a number than somebody who is part of their family. So because of that, I've had success at a number of different places, and I have not seen success at certain other places based upon a lot of different factors. And there are a ton of factors. I mean, you, even in your own expertise, your business, your history, your strengths, your weaknesses, the services, the geographic location of your agency, I mean, all of these things come into play to determine whether or not your unique agency is a profitable agency, or if it's just another one of these sort of mediocrity agencies, uh, mediocre agencies rather, that I see out there so prevalent, right? So here's the thing. Even though I have seen the small, the medium, and the large, I honestly, without question, right now, first and foremost, can tell you that I learned more at the large agency than any of the other agencies that I've been at. Okay. Now, granted, there might be some reason for that is because I spent, you know, eight years as a producer at an alphabet house. And so I understand what it was like. And it wasn't what you see many times with the alphabet houses today. There's a difference between the merger and acquisition agencies that might get bought up by, you know, you pick one of your large agencies out there that's just going around and like buying a lot of these agencies. Those agencies that get bought, even though they might have a new name now, if you will, part of that new agency, I don't look at them as like that, that alphabet house. They are still sort of mom and pop shop. It's going to take years for them to really sort of change and evolve and kind of take on that identity. I'm not talking about that. I worked at an agency that really was very much like a part of kind of the corporate mindset. And there are so many different things at that alphabet house that I would not want to replicate ever again. So many different things that are very, very negative, but I sure did learn a lot at that big agency. I learned how to sell. I learned how to prospect. I learned how to negotiate. I learned how to go after bigger things. I learned how to do a lot of different things. But frankly, I wouldn't today want to ever personally go and work for a large alphabet house again. Doesn't mean that they aren't good agencies. There are probably a lot of very good agencies. I'm only just kind of thinking about my own personal experience and expertise. And you know what? I have lots of coaching clients who even right now are brokers at many of those agencies. And I know even some of the things that they're dealing with, right? The differences in regards to the problems of the big broker, basically the little broker has a lot of the same problems, not some of the other problems, but even the smaller broker, for example, has their own unique problems that bigger brokers never have to worry about. So it's just like different sides of the river. You're still going to get wet once you go in the river, okay? It's just different sides of it. But even though I learned so much at the bigger alphabet house, I personally wouldn't want to ever go work for one again, okay? One of the reasons because I just felt like, for the most part, bigger, larger alphabet houses really sort of treat you as a little bit more of a number. You are a revenue-generating number, and generate that revenue, or here's your hat. Here's your pink slip. So there is a lot of that sort of pressure that you must produce, but even there's a sense in which that pressure allows you to actually produce more. So it kind of like comes with the territory a little bit, but I just personally wouldn't want the red tape of the corporate structure. That's me. Okay. Now, with that said, there's a lot of people that flourish inside that corporate structure and they would not necessarily flourish in a small or maybe even a medium sized agency. 
here's kind of like what I would want to do. And this is because I've been in the business now for over 20 years. I understand a lot of these different things. I would know what to do tomorrow if I went to work with an agency. If an agency brought me on, you know, for some culting, uh, consulting, um, you know, to bring them on to, as to uh, you know, help them with operations and, you know, their producers and so forth. I know how to set up micro niches. I know how to get the sales team going. I know how to build the relationships and get some of the carriers to even give us some exclusivity in some of their programs. I mean, I know how to do a lot of that stuff. I know how to put together a safety program. I could put together a safety program for whatever industry that a producer wanted to go after. I could put together a safety program, 12 months long, different content, videos, and so forth. I could put together the basics of it probably in an afternoon. It's not too difficult. And that's just because I've been in the business for so long. I know actually how to do this now. So the thing is, is that for me, what I actually feel would be the best sort of move if I was to go back into it would be to work at not a mom and pop shop. I would want to go work at kind of a, just a smaller sort of regional size agency that had you know a fair number of appointments. Might have had like a couple of different service people to handle some things, but if they paid a very generous new and renewal business commission split, then that would be a place that I would work at. I mean, another one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to work at a large alphabet house is because typically their commission splits are terrible. I mean, they're just bad. Um, they can get away with it, however, because you're typically writing very large accounts. Okay, so I mean, if you're writing accounts that are you know $700,000 a premium, uh, you know you don't have to have huge commission splits in order to make some decent money at the alphabet houses. But frankly, I mean, I, most of the people that I know at alphabet houses are not making as much as the producers who have decent sized books of business at medium and smaller agencies. Okay, just because their commission split is just significantly less. For example, every agency is different, but a lot of agencies in the alphabet houses might have like a, a 35-25 commission split or a 25-20 commission split, it's just not that good. Whereas you might be able to go to a medium-sized agency and get a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split or an 80-20 split. I mean, you know, typically the agencies can get very, very creative when they're trying to figure out what their commission splits are going to be in order to attract and retra- retain the best producers that are out there. Okay, and so with based upon that, you know, I would be looking at it from that perspective. What are the new and you know renewal commission splits? But also, I mean, just from a pure administrative standpoint, you know, as a producer, I am not going to rate. I am not going to do anything in the system. I am not going to process a certificate of insurance. I'm going to produce, and that is it. So an agency that I would ever go work for would have to like be of that mindset. Okay. By the way, don't email me. Don't reach out to me. I don't want to work for any agency. I'm just telling you what I would do if I was looking at that. And these are all the ty- types of things that I think, based upon the size of the agency, allows you to have a much bigger book of business. Why would that be important to me? Well, tell you what, all of the producers that I know of that have to have have some kind of servicing function to whatever it is that they do in their daily operations, they tend to have smaller books of business. And that just makes sense. They're spending time servicing it, whether that means rating it all up, you know, doing all the quotes themselves, or a lot of agents also have to sell and service it just because they're a smaller agency. And so, you know, they're making a large commission percentage, but because of that, they just don't have a lot of service people at the agency. So it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of give and take. You might be able to get a lot of things, but you're going to give up a lot of things. Okay. So, with regards to that, I don't necessarily think there is an answer that is a hard, fast rule about which one is better and which one isn't. I think it matters based upon a lot of different factors. 
But at the end of the day, I do believe that a medium-sized agency, okay, and I don't really have an answer for what a medium-sized agency is. I'm kind of looking at a medium-sized agency as somewhere between, say, for example, you know, 1.5 million of annual commission up to maybe, say, like, you know, uh, 10 million of commission, okay? 1.5 million, it's kind of on the low end, but I'm trying to just sort of differentiate it from a sort of a one-man, one-woman shop, you know, agency, just a, kind of a startup agency. Now, with that said, like, if you're the owner of the agency, then there ain't nothing wrong with having a, you know, one-man shop so long as you're writing some business, right? I mean, you get to keep all of that revenue that's coming in. So it can be a beautiful thing. In fact, that might be something that would probably be very, very appealing to me because I know that I could write certain business, and but, you know, at the same time, I don't really plan on doing any kind of servicing for it. So I would have to bring on somebody or write business that just didn't have any kind of servicing attached to it. Right, which again kind of gets into the issue of you know if you're going to have a large book of business, there's going to be a certain amount of servicing that's attached to it, typically based upon that kind of business. And if you're having to do a lot of the servicing, you're not going to be able to write a lot of business yourself because it just is what it is. Right. So after all is said and done, I think the answer, at least to the question, what size agency is the best for building a one million dollar or more book of business? I don't think there is a hard fast rule. There's no answer that fits for everybody. There's an answer that fits for you based upon where you're at right now, but my answer might be completely different a year from now, and I can almost guarantee you it might have been different maybe about 10 years ago, okay? So it changes over the course of time based upon what you know, what you're used to, your area of expertise, your geographic location, and so forth. But I would probably be looking for a smaller kind of medium-sized agency that had some good regional carriers, right, that maybe just a lot of other agencies might not have access to. And I would absolutely require a very large, you know, decent to large size new commission percentage. I might even do a tiered commission percentage that has a certain commission split up to $100,000 of new business written for the year. And then it goes up to another tiered uh, commission split, you know, from maybe a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand. One hundred fifty, it even goes up a little bit more. Everything over two hundred thousand is going to have this, you know, commission split. So, I would probably want something that would give me a reward based upon the more that I write. I actually feel that one of the failings for many insurance agencies out here is that they just have sort of a one-tiered system, right? I don't care if you write $5 of you know, new business revenue or you bring in $500,000, here's your commission split. I just don't think that that really kind of makes a lot of sense. I actually think that it would make a lot more sense for an agency to have a tiered system that really rewarded continuous activity and building more your book of business more and bringing on more new clients throughout the entire year. Because what tends to happen is a lot of agents will hit a certain number, a certain threshold, and then they just coast, right? They just coast. But if you're incentivized to do certain things, then I think you're going to actually push maybe a little bit more. So anyway, that's what I would probably be looking at today. Now, there's other things to take into consideration, such as partnership. Um, such as you know a profit sharing. You know if the agency has a profit sharing plan or some kind of stock options, things like that. That equals a lot, even in a small amount of time, based upon what the stock would be, you know, and so forth. And so, if you have the opportunity to have ownership stock, even in the agency, I mean, even though that I didn't um, own anything at the uh, the large Alphabet house in which I was at. 
Um, I still had a stock program where I have stock even today, and it's you know it's into the six figures from just you know having the stock way back then. So it's good for retirement. Well, you know what? That's above and beyond whatever the normal new and renewal commissions uh, percentage was that you know I was just making from my business, and I, that would be something that I would be looking at if I was looking for maybe the best place to actually build my book. But you know what it comes down to is the size of the agency the commission structure, also what they have behind the scenes in regards to helping you in regards to retirement and so forth. That, those things are, are, I think, a lot of agents are looking for in regards to security. What I would be looking for, and just to try and build your book of business to a million dollars or more, is you have to have access to certain carriers that you want in the type of micro niche industry that you're going after, where you can truly begin writing certain size accounts, have the servicing team there behind you to be able to provide the certain services that you know those particular profit center micro niche needs. Once you have those things in place, you're probably going to be much more likely to write business going forward. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. But again, the differences are like tremendous, okay? I could put 10 different agencies from the same city, you know, from 10 different agencies in a room and they would be so completely different based upon their strengths and their weaknesses and their expertise and so forth. It's like everybody is just so different. And so the answer to the question, what size agency is the best for building a, a $1 million or more book of business? Depends. It depends. If I don't have an opportunity to have ownership in the agency, then I will require a very large new business and renewal commission split. If I don't have stock, stock options, if I'm not a partner or some kind of an owner in the agency that I have equity, I'm going to require very large new and renewal commission percentages. And frankly, if your agency is unwilling to do that, then it might be in your best interest to look at other options because I'm telling you, there are other 
options out there. There is no shortage of opportunities out there in regards to the agencies that you might you know, be a really good fit for. So if you don't feel like your agency is a long-term play for you, then maybe make a switch. That's what I did after my first agency. The first agency was good, great people. I think the agency overall was pretty good. It's just that the profit center was like not really doing what it was supposed to be doing, and you could see the writing on the wall that it wasn't going to be there very long. And so I just knew that it was time for me to make an exit. And so I exited. Now, in retrospect, knowing, t- knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have gone to the Alphabet House. I would have actually taken a job that was offered to me by another company that at the time was a very good sort of medium-sized agency out there, a few different locations and so forth, very good. Now, that agency has since like um, sold out and gone to a bigger agency. Um, you know, they're now a part of like the umbrella of another sort of alphabet house. But, you know, I think, again, nothing right or wrong about it. it just is what it is. But I think that might have been a better fit for me you know, knowing what I know now, right? But I kind of feel like if I was going to work for somebody else and not necessarily have ownership, what I would probably do is go to work for an agency that had maybe around $2 million of revenue. And so they wanted to grow, but they didn't have, you know, a lot of resources there. I would, you know, require a very large, you know, new and renewal structure and you know, just go to town prospecting like mad, write business and, uh, you know, build a million dollar more book of business. I just feel like you could do that. I mean, look, I know some agents, you know, that are even at the bigger agencies that have, you know, a $1.5 million book, a $2 million book, but they're only making like three or $400,000 off of that, that size book of business. And you may say, well, that's a big amount. I get it. That is a big amount, but you know, three or 400 grand off of a $2 million book of business is not a lot of money. It's not a large percentage, right? When you think about if somebody has a 50, 50 split, you know, you can have, um, you know, an $800,000 book of business and you're making 400 grand just on your commissions percentage. So you don't have to write a ton more business in order to make more money than the average agent at, you know, an alphabet house, for example. So there are just so many differences and nuances. I just don't think that you have to really like make a, have a build an enormous book of business in order to be fairly wealthy as an agent in the United States of America. And I think that you might even agree with me, frankly, that you don't even have to be that great of an agent in order to actually be very successful and make a lot of money in this industry. I mean, I know of a lot of agents who are sort of one-man shops, one-woman shop. It's just themselves. They might have maybe a, a receptionist, account manager, you know, somebody who sort of does all the things, the filing and you know, the billing and everything. Um, you know, and the the guy or the gal, you know, maybe has like a three hundred fifty thousand dollar you know agency. Well, you know, they're they're paying you know the person who is you know the uh, the account manager. They might be paying her like thirty grand, and they've got some expenses, just kind of some rent and so forth. And the person's still taking home you know a quarter of a million dollars. That's a that's a wonderful thing, and frankly, it's also a beautiful thing when you think about being able to sell it. You know, when you eventually decide to retire and so forth, and getting a multiple on that. So, look again. There's no one size fits all. There is no one size fits all. What I do believe is the best place for you to work is a place where they value you. If they don't value you, get out. Get out as fast as you can. There's no need to spend another week at an agency that does not value you. I would also tell you that if you're at an agency right now that is you know, not taking any steps 
to actually bring on service people, I would say leave. And by service people, I mean like not just an account manager. I mean things like you know a worker's compensation claims manager, okay? Somebody to provide some kind of laws control services behind the scenes, something like that where you know certainly if you're doing property and casualty, that kind of service just separates you from the rest of the competition because even you know many medium-sized agencies just don't have somebody like that because you're typically paying that person a fairly decent-sized salary, and it's usually not a revenue-generating you know, a position. So, you know, you got to have a larger agency in order just to afford that kind of a person. But those are the things I'd want. So my answer to like, what kind of an agency would be best for me? You know, I have sort of lists of pros. I have lists of cons, things that I would require, things that I, I wouldn't be that concerned about. But what about you? I wonder what yours might be. What size agency would be a really good fit for you? Have you ever thought about it? I actually get messaged on LinkedIn. I get emails and so forth. You know, I even got another direct message on Facebook today. I think I got one yesterday on Instagram, but I get a lot of them obviously on LinkedIn. But just people that are thinking about either going into the insurance business or they're thinking about switching their agency. They're thinking about, you know, what kind of an agency would be a good fit for them. Um, many times they're even asking if I can refer them to an agency, which, you know, when I do, I typically refer them to my clients because I want my clients to get some of the, the ones who I think might be better. I don't just say, hey, here, call this person. I do a little bit of a, you know, due diligence on it before I actually do that. But that's why I try to give my clients, you know, access to those people because it's hard to get good help. And if you're looking for a new agency, you want to go to one that, you know, is going to invest in training and sales and different things like that. I mean, another thing is just tech. Like if an agency just was not interested in increasing or bettering their technology, probably not a good place to be after all is said and done. I would probably look to leave, right? I would look to leave if they weren't going to have certain things. So the answer to what size agency is best for building a $1 million or more book of business, I think really isn't the question. I think the question would be better, what size take-home income would I want for myself if I was going to work at a certain agency? That, I think, would be a better, a better question to answer. How much salary or take-home pay, annual commission, whatever, how much do I want to make in a year? Okay, how much do I want to make in a year, and how can I be able to get to that number as quickly as possible? Well, you know, if I'm going to an agency that's paying me commission only, it's going to take me a little while. If I'm going to an agency that's paying me a large salary, you know, with commission, not probably not as, as hard. Um, I worked with one agency where they paid their producers a salary, plus they gave them 100% of the commission that they sold in the first year. I thought, that's crazy. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for the agency, uh, but it was a great, great deal for the producers, but many of them couldn't even make it work. Um, each agency is just a little bit different. But if I'm thinking, how much money do I want to have as take-home pay? The actual answer for me would be start my own agency. Start my own agency. It might be a lot more difficult up front. You're going to have to pay a little bit more expenses. You're going to have out-of-pocket expenses and all that, the headaches of starting an agency. But frankly, 
you know, there is a reason why owning the business is better than maybe just working in the business for somebody else, right? You can make, you know, enough to pay your bills and maybe have a decent little retirement when you are an employee, but you build wealth typically when you own the thing. You do. So I think that really is what the issue comes down to. How much do you want to make for your annual take-home salary, income, so forth? If you feel like you can achieve the number where you're at, at the agency that you're at right now, then I would probably encourage you to stay there if you can hit those numbers because it's really hard to sort of start over, right? I mean, depending upon which state you're in and your contract and so forth, you might you know, have a, you might have a non-compete, which is quite likely. Maybe you even live in a state where non-competes hold up in, in court. You know, I lived in California very often where non-competes don't hold up in court. It's basically, um, you know, a, a contract that's just not legal, you know, to actually like have, you know, these types of things inside the contract. So California, for example, just says, you know, the, the business owner can do business with whomever they want. The agency agent leaves. It's great. You can't take, you know, confidential data, but if the, if the business decides they just want to follow Charles and have Charles as their agent, then that's the business owner's choice. But there's obviously then also a lot of estates out there that don't hold that same position. So, you know, those things come into play when you're trying to decide, do I want to stay or do I want to go? Or do I want to start my own thing? You know, getting appointments and, you know, already having the appointments and, you know, paying for an account manager and already having those people set up. There's just a lot that goes into starting an agency. It has its pros. It has its cons. It's not for everybody. But for those who actually do the work, I think it's probably the best way to build wealth in the industry. In fact, I think that you'll make a whole lot more money by having a smaller book of business if you own the, your own agency. I think that you can probably make a lot more money and maybe even have more authority to make decisions if you're in a medium-sized agency that has a very healthy commission split. I would not work for kind of a medium-sized agency that didn't have a healthy you know, new and renewal commission split. There's just too many options out there and I'll find somebody else. But I probably wouldn't work for a, an alphabet house where you have no decision-making ability. You're kind of looked at as a little bit of a number unless I had some kind of like incentives that were just like really good on the back end, stock options, things like that. But normal insurance agents don't get those. Like you know, I think the average person probably doesn't have those at those bigger agencies. But at the end of the day, that's what I think it comes down to. Which one would work best for you? If you're thinking about switching the agency where you're at, you know what? Reach out to me and you know I'll try to give you some advice maybe on what to do or what to look for. I might even be able to give you a referral into a few different agencies if you know if you're willing to just work remotely or you you want to kind of stay where you're at or you know pick up a move somewhere else. Like all these things come into play, but feel free to reach out to me. I'll try to help you as best as I can. Uh, I'm not trying to get anybody to necessarily leave their agency, but for those who are loyal listeners, you know what? I'll try and do is whatever I can to help you build a $1 million or more book of business. So what size agency is the best for building a $1 million or more book of business? That's not even the right question. It's what size agency will help you achieve the amount of take-home income that you will be very happy with. That's what needs to be the question that you answer for yourself and your own family. I've told you my thoughts. Those are simply my thoughts, my opinions. You might have other opinions. That's okay. I'm right. You're wrong. It's my podcast. What are you going to do about it?
Anyway, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you. I am so grateful for Permission Nation to be listening to this podcast. You know, If you feel that it is worthy, if you're getting some value out of it, I would love for you to go and leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It definitely helps in regards to the algorithm. And I just want to say thank you, Permission Nation. Y'all have a wonderful day. My name is Charles Specht. I am the host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.